our three, two, one, right here on the ABS-CBN Sports Podcast called Post Game. We're here with Coach Sean Chambers. Uh, of course, Sean Chambers is more known in the Filipino audience as Mr. 100% uh, integral part of the Alaska franchise, and uh, he's uh, he's going to be talking to us about. How Alaska changed his life and how Alaska shaped his career uh, when it comes to basketball, being as a player and as a coach. This is Mix Bustos, and welcome to Post Game. Coach Sean Chambers, right here on Post Game. Coach Sean, how are you doing? Uh, I know that you've been busy now coaching kids. I know you have a game later on. How is it now, coach? Glimo Telegapari. Very, very well. We got a big playoff game coming up tonight to, to make it to the finals. We're currently in the final four with my girls' uh, high school team. A pretty talented group, uh, but it's a final four game. So, you know, you're going to have the same kind of intensity that you would have if you're playing in the PBA, going trying to make it into the finals. So we're looking forward for it tonight for an opportunity to perform. All right. So very unique timing uh, for this interview. You're going to be preparing for a final four game later on with your girls. That's just going to be a couple of hours. And it's like preparing yes. for a game like, Right, as a player, can you take us through that process? Um, well, you, you as a coach, you try to take uh, some time to yourself to kind of make sure your mind is calm and make sure you approach the game. And you don't want any cloud in your brains right now. You just want to go with a game plan. You have a game plan in mind and go and execute it. And you hope um, your players um, go out and perform the way that you expect them to. And our expectations are high. Our kids are pretty well um, conditioned. They understand the game plan and they understand what we do. So now it's just a matter of letting them play freely and go do it. So it's very similar to Alaska. You know, when we were playing in our heydays, once we implemented the triangle offense, it was pretty much we had to go and empower ourselves to go make plays from then on once Coach Tim implemented the game plan. Now, Coach Sean, I know that you've been uh, in numerous interviews ever since the announcement of Alaska that it will retire from the PBA. But right here on Post Game, can you tell us? Can you tell us more on your reaction and your thoughts uh, when you learned that Alaska was about to is about to retire? Yeah, so I got a call, a text message from Mr. Uichin. So he said he wanted to give me a call. Um, I knew that was, you know, something was going on. I didn't know what. I thought we were going to be making a trade or he was going to ask my opinion like he normally does about if we're going to move a different direction with a player or with an import. So um, I said, yeah, please give me a call. And he called me within like maybe five to 10 minutes. And then when he, when he picked up the phone, I go, he goes, Chumbers. That's kind of our joke among me and all the teammates and players you know that. And I go, oh, wait a minute, you're, you're selling the team. And I, so I guess he goes, no, I'm not selling the team. You had that instinct. I'm sorry, you had that instinct? The, the yeah, moment I, that he told you Chumbers? Yes, just the wow. way he said in his voice, it was kind of like, this is going to be a serious call. It wasn't right. about a, uh, like doing what I've been doing as a consultant for him, like whether we need to move a different direction with, a, with one of our local players or an import. So I just can tell the tone of his voice was like, he wanted to break some news to me when he said Chumbers. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me guess, you're selling the team. He goes, well, that's, that's not what we're doing. He goes, we're not selling but I want you to hear it from me that we, we are no longer going to enter a team in the PBA after this conference. And uh, I don't want you to get it from a news outlet or from somebody calling you and let you know without hearing from me first. 
So, you know, I, I instantly had several different emotions. You know, I was, I was very grateful um, to, and honored to know that, you know, no other import is going to get a phone call from the team owner and let him know that we're no longer going to enter a team into the PBA. And then um, he really put my mind to ease because he just started sharing like all the memories and all the relationships that we built over the years. And <clears throat> excuse me, and that uh, uh, our relationship, Mr. Oitenso and mine are, are is very special. Like you know, I still go out to USC football games as guests every year. I go see a football game with Mr. Oitenso and, and his son Sean, and we stay very connected over the years. And so. Our relationship, he said, is not going to change. I'm still part of the Uitizu family, and we're going to continue to have our relationship the way that we do now. He goes, but uh, it, it's a, it is a very sad moment for him. You know, the tough decision. He's, I didn't realize, you know, um, the team has been in the league. I, get, I think it's 31 years or 35. I'm not sure. 35. 35. And um, I've been part of Alaska for, I think, something like 30 years. You know, since I was a player, then as a consultant, and continued to go back and forth to work with the team. So again, he he kind of talked me through it, like you know, very emotional time and tough decision. But man, how lucky are we to have the memories that we had during that times and during that stretch? So I was I was I was also very pleased to think about the memories. You know, happy about the memories. Like we've created an, a legacy that will last a lifetime. You know, there's going to be people that talk about that Alaska '90 team for a very long time, will always be compared with the greats of the Crispas, the San Miguel's, and, and he never is like teams of, of, of old. And um, I, I think lastly, I, of course, I was mostly heartbroken for the Alaska fans. And I, I'm, people in the U.S. don't understand what it means to be a fan of a PBA team in the Philippines. It, it truly, the fans live and die with you. They, they're happy when you're happy. And when you lose, you're sad. They're, they're, they're sad with you. And it's, and they truly go through an emotional roller coaster with the teams. And then when it's time to pick up and go to another conference, they're the first one there to support you. You know, so my heart really breaks for them because I know people that are born into the Alaska family as far as their, their family are Alaska fans and the kids are fans of Alaska. That's all they supported. They didn't jump ship. You know, you don't go from Alaska and decide I'm going to cheer for Pure Foods or I'm going to go cheer for San Miguel. Even if your favorite player, let's say, was whoever, you know, uh, on Alaska team, like a, a Sonny Charles. If Sonny or somebody or who's a good example, I don't know, JV, JV right now, JV Casio. JV goes over to another team. The Alaska fan, they stay with Alaska. They don't right. jump with the player. So, it's a very unique culture, and, and I'm very pleased to be a part of it. Um, so my heart, when I get emotional, like I had a little emotional moment this morning, waking up, I see my scrapbooks in my office. I'm going through them. I'm like, man, I really, really pray for the Alaska Aces family because I know they were diehards, and they, they truly supported us. Don, I'm curious to know, who was the first teammate that you got to talk to after hearing about that news? Um, so I'm on a group chat with all the Grand Slam guys, Cariasso, Lastimoso, Johnny Abrientos, Putwingo, Vicky uh, Bachman, um, Bong Hawkins, Ruel Gomez, uh, June Reyes. We're all in this group. And then that includes our, our, our um, support staff, our, 
our medical staff, um, Doc, Dr. Soon, and, and Gus. Um, so, so we're all in this group chat. So when the news hit, you know, the messenger just flying in left and right. And the 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 thing that kept coming out of these messages were like how lucky we were to get to play with one another and the brotherhood that we have together still remains almost 20 years later, right? 20 years later, for sure. It's 20 years now. And, and you guys have a group chat. 20 yeah. years later, you have a group chat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh -huh. it's pretty, pretty unique. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know too many other teams that are that close like that. So we were all just, you know, sharing how much we love each other and how much we appreciate playing for one another. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm curious now to know, uh, Coach Sean, of course, you guys are so used to talking about the Grand Sam era, 96. Okay, uh, it's been established. We, we all are familiar at least on yes. how that season went through, but not much know that you've been with Alaska since 89, won a couple of yes. champ, one champ, won a championship, the first one in 91. Yes. So how special too was that group? Yeah, so... My first year, I came in with guys like Abi Gadab and legends, Yo-Yo Villamine, Ricky Reloso, uh, Frankie Lim, um, right. Boy Ravon. Yeah. And, um, and then we had the young guys with uh, Bong Alvarez, Mr. Excitement, Boy Kabahu, and God rest his soul, and Rick, Rick Marata. So we had such a very unique group of team my very first year. And I was so lucky because, well, and I have to give like Frankie, like Frankie Lim and, uh, and his family really embraced me right away and made me feel at home. And then my assistant coach at the time was Chot Reyes, you know? Oh. So Chot Reyes and his family, yes. Uh, and so then Tim came in. So I was actually with Alaska before Tim Cohn was there, you know? And at one point I was with the team longer than any local. So before Joe Laws got there, I was there in 89 and finished in 2001, right? And so, so really one of the, some of the memories I, I've been going over this lately since all these interviews, some of the memories that, that hits me the hardest is losing the championship in 1990 when we were up two games to zero and then we ended up losing three games in a row. And we lost the championship to then JoJo lost the most in Pierfoot. And then coming back the next year, my whole desire of the offseason was to win a championship for Alaska. And so when we picked up Joe Loss, I knew like we got a chance here. And um, we got to play Hinebra and we won that championship 3-0. So that was just one of the most euphoric feelings ever. Uh, we were rewarded with a trip to Hong Kong by Mr. Ui Tensu. So it was just such an amazing experience when your first championship in the PBA. Right. Now, Coach Sean, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, if I get the details kind of mixed up, but uh, you would know it best. Of course, in the PBA, it's, it's tradition that you will have three conferences, all Filipino yeah. commissioners and governors. Now they brought it back. Before it was a two conference, now it's back to a three conference. You were a yeah. Governor's Cup import, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Governor's Cup. Uh, what was and it every like? Now then, I, every now and then I was filming for the Commissioner's Cup with the higher limit, high, the higher um, height limitation for the, the import. So if we couldn't find an import sometime for the Commissioner's, commissioner's Cup, I would come in and fill in for a while. Or right. even take a good place if you weren't performing well. Right. So, in, um, yeah, in the times that you were not the import for the Commissioner's Cup, what was the life like waiting for the Governor's Cup uh, to resume? So, after my first year in the PBA, I knew I wanted to make a career like Bobby Parts and Norman Black. I wasn't trying to chase other jobs in different countries, like some of the imports that were coming over. They were like, 
the, the Philippines sometimes was a, a stop to try to get yourself to a, another level career somewhere else. So when I went home in the off season, I trained like a madman. I trained it so I can come back and play for three months and give it all I had to be successful for Alaska. Now, every now and then, um, I was able to go play in Canada for like the summer. So I would go to Canada and play from, I think it was like April to like June. Then I would have a month off and then I would fly back to Manila. And I did that twice. And then one year I went to, two years I went to Indonesia and played over in Indonesia, kind of in the same scenario. And then one year I went to Venezuela. So I did those stops, but they knew my commitment was to Alaska and the PBA. So I could not go do any other league if it was going to conflict with me getting back to Manila. Right. You've been around the world, playing around the world. How special is it in the Philippines? Oh my God. I mean, so, so, so many things are, are wonderful about the Philippines. First and foremost are, of course, the people. It's easy to live there. It's easy to communicate. You know, like when I was in Venezuela, I didn't speak Spanish. You can speak, everybody speaks English in the Philippines. And if they don't, somebody next to them does, you know. Um, the, 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 gender, the kindness and the, the familyhood and the way everybody respects their, their elders is such everything that I dreamed of as a kid. You know, that's the, what I want to be around. So, um, um, and then if you don't play basketball in the NBA, there's no other better place to play basketball than in the Philippines. If you want to be acknowledged for your work ethic, if you want to be acknowledged for your success, if you want to be around people that truly understand the game, whether it's young people or even old people um, and even old grandmothers, you go play in the Philippines. There's no other place in the world like it. Um, I, I, one of my fondest memories too is we were playing an out-of-town game in Zamboanga, many, many miles from Metro Manila. And I, we were doing like a, 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 like a parade downtown in our carpools and our driving downtown and waving to the, the, the people in Zamboanga. And I see this older lady and she looks at me and she goes, oh, it's Sean Chambers. Right. And I was so touched and blown away by that moment that this lady in Zamboanga who never sees me, only we go there once a year if possible, knew exactly who I was. And she was just starstruck to actually see my face in Zamboanga. And what do you know, almost 30 years from 1996, right. we're still talking about this. And a perfect example, yeah. perfect example of how Philippine basketball culture uh, is really, you know, gives recognition and, you know, praise, you know. Well, right. could have been a better moment, but still we're paying tribute to Alaska. Personally, Coach Sean, I was the first fan of basketball because of Alaska. Yeah. And that grandson era. I would, Coach, I don't know if I mentioned it to you before when we guessed it before, I would copy your free throw. You would have this free throw ritual with the ball and yes. then that, the form. That's, the, yes. that's how impactful you guys were and Alaska was. Coach, you mentioned um, that you play as a role for, as, as a consultant for Mr. Oitengsu. What was yes. that like? Was that immediately after 2001? What was the relationship yeah. like? Uh, so immediately after 2001, I have to give a lot of thanks to Coach Tim Cohn because he always kept me close and kept me, allowed me to come back and work with the team and do like individual workouts with some of the big players and work with our 
So I would at least come back after I retired once a year. And it, it just kept going. Even with the new coaching staff, when we had um, Alex and when we had um, um, Luigi, you know, mm-hmm. and then Jeff, like they continue to bring me over to be a consultant and once a year and basically keep me connected to the family. Can, can, you know, Mr. Rutienzo, I believe that was a way of his uh, showing me gratitude for all the, the hard work and, and everything we did as a, as a team when, during my playing days, that he always wanted to make sure that I stay connected and I can always tell the story and tell the history, what it, what, what it really means to play in the PBA and what it really means to, to play for a company and an organization and not just for yourself. Right. Now, Coach Sean, after this conference, Alaska's going to exit. What do you think will be the impact of Alaska leaving the PBA? Well, I mean, you, you're really going to have an empty space in the PBA because Alaska was a very different team than everybody else in the league. We were, we were independent. We were solely dependent on ourselves. And we, our success was based on how we performed on our own without any outside support from other teams. So it's going to leave an empty, empty place in the, in the PBA because we always did things, you know, like a milkman, what? Very wholesome, with integrity, with honor. Um, we, we never try to uh, cheat the system. And that's solely on Mr. Retention. Like, we're going to do things the right way. We're going to win the right way. And if not, we're going to go back to the drawing board and work harder and do it again. So you're going to miss having a team like Alaska in the PBA. No doubt about it. Lastly, Coach Sean, uh, I heard in one of your radio interviews a few days back, jumping off from that point, honesty, integrity. And you, you were not the one that were really, you know, uh, tried to jump ship, tried to get, tried to maximize Lack of a better right. term, right? Try to maximize sure. your value and your worth for a better contract. Especially during this day, in this era of basketball, not just in, in the Philippines, but all around the world, how important is that integrity and honesty over anything, over money? Yeah, if you're talking about legacies over monetary awards, you don't know who got paid when back 20 years ago. But we're still talking about Alaska Aces and our players because we did things the right way and we won. So now you're still talking about our legacy and how people are still celebrating our success because of the way we did it. And we weren't chasing money. We weren't chasing higher salaries. We, were, we knew we were living a very comfortable life compared to everybody else in the Philippines, right? We were, we were very well taken care of as professional athletes. So we didn't have to go after and try to chase more money. We were more like, if we win, that speaks more volume to us later on in our lives. And 20 years later, we're still talking about the Alaska team in the 90s. Legacy is everything. It's, it's, uh, it will be an immortal topic in Philippine basketball. Always going, going to be talked about. And thank you so much, Sean Chambers, for uh, joining us here, uh, taking time off uh, to pay tribute to the Alaska franchise. Lastly, Coach Sean, if there's any parting shot, any parting words for our listeners today? Um, you know, Migs, I appreciate you guys for always, you know, thinking about me when it comes to Philippine basketball. Um, I'm always honored whenever I can share my story. Forever grateful to all the Filipino fans, really. I mean, Marami Salamato, Mahaki Tataloga. You know, really, my heart really is touched by all this that's going on with 
the uh, exit of Alaska, but I'm, I'm forever grateful for what the Philippines has done for me. Um, still today, I live a very nice lifestyle and this really has a lot to do with the PBA and what it done for me in the last case specifically. Right, so there you so have salamat. it. Salamat. Maraming salamat. Sean Chambers for joining us here in post game. And once again, this has been Migs Bustos uh, right here as we talk about, as we pay tribute to Alaska, Alaska's 35 years in the PBA. Thank you so much. Stay safe and God bless. Thank you, coach.